0: Um, we had a bit of fun last week, didn't we? The sermon last week, we had a bit of Led Zeppelin. Who ever thought that uh, we should have Led Zeppelin played in church? Well, last week was the week, wasn't it? Um, if I know, you missed out, yes. You missed out. However, you didn't miss out completely. You didn't miss out completely because you can head over to our website, cccoolman.org.org. Uh, and head to the little podcast tab, and I've loaded the sermon only um, as an audio file on that um, on that podcast tab. So you, you could always watch the whole service again on Facebook, but if you just want to skip to the bit where you hear a bit of Led Zeppelin played live in church, head to our website and you get to hear it. It was a fun week. Look, I I actually um, got a lot out of the sermon. I don't know if anyone else did, but like I. I preached myself happy last week it was great um we had stairways to heaven we had like um gold and glitter and you know climb the stairway into god's presence and angels descending and ascending it was awesome wasn't it this week won't quite be so much fun all right and and i feel i need to actually just give a little bit of a warning before i before i uh rock into today's sermon Um, it's 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 going to potentially touch on a few difficult or heavy topics today Okay, it's a little bit more serious. And I just want you to practice some self-care there. And and if anything um, that I share this afternoon just raises some issues for you and you need to... um Talk to someone or get some support about that. Please, please reach out. Reach out to someone you trust. Reach out to a friend or a professional, or or if you want some pastoral support, I'm I'm always here, always ready and willing to offer that. And and you can message me via our website or um, via Facebook. And I'm really happy to um, chat through some of those things and to pray with you. Okay, so just just be aware of um, yeah, practicing a bit of self care this afternoon if this does stir some some things for you. I want to start by by reading an excerpt from a book by Corrie Ten Boom, and perhaps you've heard of Corrie Ten Boom. Uh, Her and her family helped to hide Jews during the Holocaust in uh, Germany in World War II, and they were eventually caught by the Nazis and sent to uh, the Ravensbrück Concentration camp, and so Corrie has written quite a few different books. And I just want to read to you some excerpts from one of her books. I think this one's called *The Hiding Place*. This book, and uh, Corrie Corrie writes, she says it was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a balding, heavy-set man in a grey overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I would just spoken moving along the rows of wooden chairs to the door at the rear. It was 1947 and I'd come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. It was a truth that they most needed to hear in that bitter, bombed-out land and I gave them my favourite mental picture. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven sins are thrown. When we confess our sins, I said, God casts them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. There were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence. In silence collected their wraps, In silence left the room. And that's when I saw him working his way towards forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat, the next a blue uniform and a visored cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush, the huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the centre of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, Ribs sharp beneath the parched skin. Betsy, how thin you were. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. This man had been a guard at Ravensbrück concentration camp where we were sent. And now he was in front of me. Today we're at uh, the end of the book of Genesis and... Since, since Cain killed Abel, uh, jealousy, murder, hatred, anger, envy, bullying, prejudice, exploitation and violence, um, you know, they've been part of our human relationships, haven't they? From Genesis, from ancient times until now, today. Genesis really is quite timeless, the message that it brings us, isn't it? Uh, The issues and the themes that we've been discovering in Genesis, they are still so relevant for us today. I was watching on ABC, um, iView the other night, uh, the show Ms Represented and it's about the history of women in the Australian Parliament. A really really good watch. I really recommend it. Um, But what struck me was that even in the highest office of our nation, even in Parliament, where you'd assume that there would be the greatest standards set for society. You know what? It's it's no different. I was looking at some statistics yesterday from um, the the Bureau of Statistics. And um, these are statistics on the Australian domestic, uh, family domestic and sexual violence. You know, one in six women and one in 16 men have experienced physical and or sexual violence by a partner. One in four women or one in six men have experienced emotional abuse by a partner. One in five women or one in 20 men have been sexually assaulted and or threatened. You know, they're they're sobering statistics, aren't they? Jealousy, murder, hatred, anger, envy, prejudice, exploitation and violence. From ancient times until now, it's, it's found everywhere. And I, I, wonder, um, I wonder if you've had experiences in your life like that. Perhaps experiences of being bullied or abused or exploited. Have you ever been on the receiving end of prejudice or anger, hatred or violence? Perhaps, perhaps you struggle personally with feelings of, of jealousy Towards others, or envy, or hatred, or anger? And perhaps even you're sometimes violent towards others. What what do you do? What 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 do you do when people let you down or when people hurt you in some way? How do you cope? What's the solution? What do you do? What do you do when you're the one who's sinning against others and, and you feel trapped in that sin? Or, or perhaps you're not even aware of it. Perhaps you're not even aware of the consequences uh, for others of your actions. What do, you, what do we do? And, and how do we gain insight here? I want to you know, encourage you that God has a solution. He really does. He really does have a solution for human sin and human suffering. And in brief, and this is what we're going to cover today, uh, the solution is repentance and the solution is forgiveness. We're going to look at the events in the life of Joseph in Genesis. As, and as usual, we're going to see how the gospel message fits in here, how we see Jesus in Genesis. We're going to have a look at what the Bible says today about repentance and forgiveness. And as I said, this is a, this is a heavier topic today. But it's such an important one. It's such an important one. And we need to talk about this stuff, church. It's so important that we um, understand what God's solution is for human sin and human suffering. Because He has a solution and it's a powerful solution. And it's a solution that's going to bring new life into your life and into your family life and into our nation, into our communities. It's a solution that is going to set you free so i just encourage you to just be open to what god wants to do in your life this afternoon through through the word of god in the story of joseph um we're going to see a a pattern emerge and i think that pattern is quite consistent with the story of the gospel i don't know if you've noticed this in in the story of joseph before and and we're going to read bits of the story but unfortunately for time i can't read a lot of it and so i'd encourage you to go home you are at home okay these people can go home everyone else you can stay at home (laughs) and and but when we finish I encourage you to have a read of the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis it's it's quite a long one but I think you'll really um you'll really enjoy seeing these themes that I I bring out this afternoon you'll enjoy seeing them in context a bit more what we're going to see is we're going to see that sinful attitudes lead to sinful actions sinful attitudes lead to sinful actions. We're going to see that conviction is going to lead to repentance. And we're going to see that that leads to forgiveness. And then forgiveness leads to blessing. And I'm not going to get to touch fully on on the blessing part today. And I think, I think I might actually squeeze one more um, episode out of out of Genesis. What do you reckon? I think we need to round it all off with a nice uh, sermon on blessing. Yeah, I'm getting some nods in the room. Thumbs up in the comments if you think we need to, to round off with uh, one more week on blessing next week. Um, look, look, this is a heavy topic, as I've said, but, but be encouraged. Please be encouraged that God can and God will take stubborn human hearts, stubborn, rebellious human hearts and bring them through a process of transformation from sin and selfishness to forgiveness and freedom and, of course, blessing. But let's get into it. Genesis chapter 37, Genesis chapter 37, verses um, 3 to 11. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Once Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to the dream that I dreamed. There, were, they, we, there, were, there we were binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and words. He had another dream and told it to his brothers saying, look, look, I've had another dream. The sun, the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come, I and your mother and your brothers, and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the matter in mind. What really jumps out to me in this passage here about joseph is is the clear sinful attitudes and feelings held by his brothers i mean it's it's right there isn't it they were offended by him they hate him uh they're they're jealous of him and and they feel quite overlooked don't they they feel unloved and they feel inferior and I think so much of the sin in this world actually stems from very similar feelings. I think so much of the sin in our own lives stems from those sorts of feelings. You know, the, the I'm not loved feeling, the I've been overlooked feeling, you know, I've been let down, the, you know, I, I'm offended by you of thoughts that we um, often have the you've let me down thoughts or or even the jealous thoughts that we have you know I'm jealous of that person they're common feelings aren't they they're common feelings and, and if I'm honest I'd say sometimes I've got to deal with those feelings in my own life and perhaps you do too. sinful attitudes are present in in, in all of our lives but but here's the problem they, they don't just stay as attitudes sinful attitudes lead to sinful actions. Let's keep reading and and see what happens here in the story. Genesis 37, 18 to 24. And this is the brothers. The brothers saw him from a distance, saw Joseph from a distance. And before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of, his, out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to the father. So when Joseph came to the brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with the sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty and there was no water in it. So the brothers here, they conspire in jealousy to murder him. Um, instead, they decide that it's probably better just to sell him into slavery, thinking that somehow that's going to keep uh, their conscience clean and still rid them of, of their brother. And isn't that true for us? Sometimes we think, oh, well, if I do this, um, somehow that's not quite as much of a sin and I can kind of get away with that. Um, still make myself feel vindicated or justified in some way but can you see here how how the sinful attitudes lead to sinful actions and if we have a look in the gospels jesus highlights the same connection for us jesus highlights the connection between our thoughts and our actions and if we have a look at matthew chapter 15 verse 18 and 20 jesus says the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart and these These defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. Okay? Here's why it's so important to deal with this stuff while it's still at the thought level. Because whether you're just thinking angry thoughts or hurt thoughts about someone or whether you're acting on them, you know what? It's still actually sin. Like, and it still defiles us. It still pollutes us. It still pollutes and corrupts our relationships. And you know what? I I guarantee that one day, those thoughts and those feelings that that we have towards someone, they're going to escape into action. Hurt thoughts become hurtful behavior. Your angry thoughts become angry behavior. Your jealous thoughts, they're going to become jealous behavior. What's the solution? What's what's God's solution? Remember, God has a good plan for his good creation and he's not going to let sin destroy that plan. And so God has a plan here to help Joseph's brothers deal with their sinful attitudes and their sinful actions. And you know what? He has a plan to help you deal with your unruly thoughts and behaviours. The plan is called Conviction and Repentance. They're not really words that we like to talk about much in our society, are they? Like conviction and repentance. It's sort of, um, it's sort of a bit shunned or frowned upon to talk about those sorts of topics, isn't it? But, but I think, you know, if we want to see things change in our world, we've got to start talking about this stuff, church. We've got to tell people that that the solution to the sin and the suffering and the selfishness and, and all of the, um, the, the trauma and pain that, that we cause each other, the solution... Is, is actually to be convicted of that and to repent from that. You know, God uses difficult circumstances to do that. He uses difficult circumstances to bring us to conviction and to bring us to repentance. And you know what, maybe right now you're going through a difficult situation or a difficult phase in your life. And, and the question I have for you is, how, how might God be using that difficulty? How might he be using that difficulty to shape and refine you and to bring you to some, some new revelation in your life? Um, for the brothers in this, in this story, and um, God has a plan to, to bring them to conviction, as I said, and, and I won't go into detail and read all of the verses just for time. I'm kind of going to assume that you're fairly familiar with the story. Or if you're not familiar with the story, you're going to stay at home afterwards and and read the story for yourself. Um, but let's just skip into Genesis chapter 42, verse 21, and have a look at um, at what happens with the brothers. They they, you know, there's a famine, they got to go to Egypt and and buy grain, and things are difficult and hard, and Joseph sort of tests them, and they go through a a whole heap of, of difficult situations. And and here's here's what they say: here's what the brothers say. They they said to one another. Alas, we are paying the penalty for what we did to our brother. We saw his anguish when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. That is why this anguish has come upon us. And this revelation, this this sense of conviction that they've done the wrong thing it actually leads to Judah, one of the brothers, and this was the brother who'd actually had the idea of selling Joseph into slavery. It actually leads to this Judah offering his life in exchange for um, another one of their brothers, Benjamin. And so Judah's gone through this process of conviction and repentance and he's gone from choosing to sell Joseph into slavery to choosing to offer himself um, on behalf of his brother um into into slavery what jesus says to us is that god wants us to know our sin and again i know this is this is heavy stuff isn't it but it's important that we confront this stuff head on god wants us to know our sin because unless we're convicted of it we're going to remain in it and I don't think anyone here wants to remain in their sin I don't think anyone here this afternoon wants to remain in their anger and their selfishness and their envy and their hatred and their hurt and their bitterness and no one wants to remain in that but unless we're convicted of it we're going to stay stuck in it you know, unless we know that it's there, unless we know it's destructive power, we're, we're, we're going to remain under its influence. We're going to remain in its harmful life-destroying power because this stuff is harmful and it does destroy life. You know that, don't you? You know, you've been on the receiving end of other people's sin. You know the, the trauma and the pain. And the chaos that that can cause. Now Jesus tells us that uh, God will send his Holy Spirit. He's going to send his Holy Spirit to, to do this. John chapter 16. John 16 verse 8. says this. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And then in Luke chapter 5, verse 32, it says, Jesus is talking here. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want to say this to you this afternoon. If today you are aware of areas of sin in your life, whether it's anger or jealousy or offense or uh, bitterness or hurt, whatever it is, I want to say this, congratulations. Like, praise God, because do you know what that means? That means that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And that is a good thing. Amen. That is a good thing. Um, It means that Jesus is calling you to repentance and forgiveness and new life. And I tell you what, you want the sort of life that Jesus is calling you to. Because it's far better than the old sort of life. And it's far better than the sort of life we manufacture for ourselves if left to our own devices in our own mess. The question is, question is, will you respond? Will you respond? What will you do? Repentance means to basically just change your mind. It's actually not that scary a word, really, when you think about it. Um, It just means to turn away. Turn away from your sin and turn to God. It's to say, I've been going the wrong way, Lord. I need to follow you and your ways. And in that repentance, we, we ask for forgiveness. Let me jump back to Corrie Ten Boom and, and her, her writing. And we'll pick up from where we left off at the start. She, she writes, Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all of our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. It was the first time since my release that I had been face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook. In your talk, he was saying, I was a guard there. No, he did not remember me. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there. But I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Fräulein, again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? Have you come to realise your need for forgiveness. You know, nothing is too big or too small to need the forgiveness of Jesus. John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins. Perhaps it's your whole life that you need to bring to Jesus for the first time. And you know what? If that's you today listening live or listening on this recording, you know, you can just simply pray. You can just say something along the lines of, Lord God, I've been living life my own way. And it's causing hurt and pain and difficulty. Lord, I know how far short I fall of your perfection, how far I fall short of your goodness and your plans for my life, and I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness. To us as God's people, are there things in your life today that you need to bring before Jesus and ask forgiveness for? Are there specific things in your life that need uprooting? You know, conviction and repentance is the first step in seeing them uprooted and gaining freedom. And so I just want to encourage you to take a moment, even just just now, take a moment and bring those things before Jesus. If God is, is placing some things in your heart, some things that maybe have been there for a few days, just twirling over in your mind, maybe something that he's putting in your heart right now, take a moment, bring them before Jesus. Ask for forgiveness. Find freedom. Nothing is too big or too small to ask forgiveness for. In the Jesus, in the Joseph story, um, what's interesting is that we actually see Joseph initiate forgiveness before it's even asked for, from the brothers. His brothers were extended um, mercy and grace and love long before, before they were even able to ask for it. Let's read Genesis 45, verse 4 and 5. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And if we jump down to verse 14. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. While Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all of his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with them. They're reconciled. He's forgiven them. You know, Joseph offers this forgiveness before the brothers ask for it. The brothers don't ask for forgiveness, but, but Joseph is there ready and waiting and, and giving that forgiveness. And, and, and this is Jesus. This is Jesus too. He does the same thing. Jesus offers forgiveness long before we even know that we need it. He makes the first move. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, did you catch that? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still blind to our sin, trapped in our sin, unable to escape from our sin, unable to even know that we needed to escape from our sin, Christ died for us. God made the first move. You know, we had no idea we even needed forgiveness. We had no idea that we were trapped. But God had already initiated it. I think it's important, though, in all of this, for us to understand the flip side of forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard, isn't it? Would you agree? Forgiveness is hard. Yeah, if you've ever had to forgive anyone, it's it's hard, and it's costly too, isn't it? It's costly. Um, us human beings, we don't really like forgiving people, generally speaking, do we? I mean. I don't know, do you think there are there limits? Are there limits to what we should forgive? Should we place a sort of a bit of a boundary on forgiveness? Let's have a look. Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Um, Then Peter came to him. So this is Peter coming and talking to Jesus. And he says, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? So Peter here thinks he's being quite generous. Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times seven. Uh, Jesus is clear there's no limits. Keep on forgiving, don't stop. In fact, Jesus actually goes further. He actually teaches that there is a link between our own forgiveness and our forgiveness of other people. our forgiveness of one another. Matthew chapter six, verse twelve to fifteen, and you'll you'll notice this this little scripture as part of the Lord's prayer. All right, so we're jumping in halfway through the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus is teaching us. He's saying, um, you know, this is the model prayer. Uh, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation. Rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse, if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. And you could, um, uh, again, you could keep reading there, the parable of the unforgiving servant in in Matthew 18. And it it highlights the same concept in a parable. Um, If we are truly repented about our own sin, and whether it's big or whether it's small, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. um, You know, we'll offer the same grace to other people. Because you know what? In God's economy, all sin is sin. There's no sliding scale. It all needs the same forgiveness from God. You know, it's not that um, some sin needs the blood of Jesus to make amends and other sins sort of... Don't. Like sin is sin. It's all the same in God's economy. And so whether you've murdered someone or whether you're just a perpetually angry person, whether you've bullied someone or whether you're just easily offended and ticked off at others, everyone is in the same boat. And so to receive forgiveness but not offer it, it's hypocritical. And it shows a true lack of repentance and humility on our behalf. When we don't forgive others, we're effectively saying that person's sin against me counts for more than my sin against others and my sin against God. And And I think you can hear that that's just an, an, an arrogant attitude right there. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Um, it's hard though, isn't it? I, I can fully appreciate how hard it is to forgive others. And... And perhaps you're thinking of some um, really awful things that people have done to you, ways they've hurt you or disappointed you or let you down, ways they've caused some uh, deep and possibly lasting trauma in your life. It's really hard to forgive when we've been wronged. Let's go back to Corey Ten Boom and read some more of her story. Fraulein, again the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there. I, whose sins every day, had to be forgiven and could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds as he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. For I knew I had to do it. I knew that the message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men in their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able, um, were able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. But those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And as I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so, woodenly, Mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me, and as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprung into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, We grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. Now, whether you're Joseph or the brothers, whether you're the prisoner or the prison guard, we all must give and receive forgiveness. This is the way back into God's love and presence. If you want to experience the abundant life that Jesus offers, if you want to experience the blessing that comes from life with God, forgiveness is central to that. Are there people today that you need to forgive? Are there people who have caused you hurt or trauma? Are there people who have caused you harm or let you down or made you sad? They might not be standing before you with their their arm outstretched, asking for forgiveness. They might not even be repentant. But that's not really the point, is it? That, that just as God initiated forgiveness for us long before we asked for it, we have received this, the greatest of all forgiveness. How can we not copy our heavenly father and offer forgiveness towards others first, long before they even acknowledge their need for it? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Church, this stuff is vital. This is vital for us to be a healthy church. You know, I know that there there are people who have been um, unable to connect in fully with us as a church, or people have even even left fellowship because of their hurt and their offence, and their unforgiveness, and their trauma. And, And it's not that people in our church have caused that hurt. It's just that these people are carrying so many hurts and so many burdens from the sum total of their life in a broken world that they just are unable to function well in community, and especially in the close community of church. The solution is forgiveness. If you're having difficulty connecting in with church a church this church any church I would suggest that it could be worth you reflecting on this topic of forgiveness are there people you need to forgive you know it's not the church that has sinned against you it's people it's people who have sinned against you I'd encourage you spend some time today this evening Working through this, find a bit of quiet space, go for a walk. Work through this stuff with God. If you want to be emotionally and spiritually healthy, you need to start with this area. I cannot emphasize this point enough. If we want to have a healthy church in our town, If we want to see healthy churches in our cities, our regions, our communities, our nation, we all need to do this. And not once, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. You know, I I need to, to forgive and be forgiven all the time. I'm so aware of it. You need to forgive and be forgiven all the time. We all need to forgive and be forgiven all the time let me pray Lord God we just invite you Holy Spirit to come and bring um, just that sense of conviction and that 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 insight into our own lives where there might be areas of, of sin or in our life we, we just want you to call that to our attention Holy Spirit because we want to be free of it and, and even though we, we, we just find it uncomfortable and a bit painful we just invite you in anyway Jesus we invite you to just highlight and reveal because we know that when it's you doing it we don't experience condemnation we experience conviction. We know that conviction is healthy because conviction leads us to repentance and repentance leads to forgiveness and forgiveness leads to freedom and blessing. And so we know that that you never bring anything to our attention without also bringing with it the power to set us free from that. And so right now, for those those things that we are trapped in, those areas of sin, um, in the name of Jesus, we just break them. We break them in the name of Jesus and we just ask for your forgiveness. We thank you Jesus that you would just pour that forgiveness out into our lives just like a healing balm, like that river of life that we would just experience a rushing flood of your forgiveness and your love. And Lord, for those people that we are holding um, burdens or grudges or unforgiveness towards, Lord, highlight that in our life too. Sometimes we can be so blind to that. Lord, I know that I can be so blind to that in my own life and so we just invite you now I invite you now to bring that that revelation into my mind if I'm holding something against a brother I just want to forgive them if I'm holding something against someone else I just want to forgive them show us Lord Lord show us Lord God we just thank you that you um you bring us freedom in this area we thank you so much for your forgiveness and for the hope that comes with that. We praise you. We worship you. Amen. As I said, um, folks, if, if this has raised issues for you, or if you just want to talk through some of these things a bit more with someone, please reach out. I'm, I'm here, I'm available. Uh, send a message on Facebook, uh, head over to our website, fill out a contact form, uh Go to the contact us and you can just send us off a little message. And, and I'd really love to, to come and, and pray with you and, and just see you gain some forgiveness in this area of your life. Bless you.